Good evening, everyone. It is Wednesday, October 13th, and here is the weather synopsis for the United States. And first, I want to say that if anyone's interested in hearing just a quick weather synopsis with the forecast for Chicago, you can go to my other podcast. It's just called Quick Weather Synopsis, and you can hear that. It was made this morning. This is more of an in-depth discussion that's what's going to be going on on this podcast right now. We have probably the most dynamic part of this weather or the the system that's creating the most significant weather over the largest part of this country is a deep low pressure system located in South North Dakota. Barometric pressure is 29.2. It certainly is a deep low pressure. And the storm system is moving in a unique path. It's moving directly north and is headed into Canada, Manitoba. The system is going to weaken slightly, but remain a deep low pressure system. It's going to weaken to 29.3, and it's going to continue to move directly north. It's not moving northeast, north, northeast, slightly northeast, but really it's taking the most intense track possible to produce heavy snow. This is what the nor'easters a lot of times do. There's also a Gulf Low, which moves right up the Mississippi River, and when that happens in the wintertime, that's when the heaviest snowfall occurs, so there's no question. We have cities also that have responded to this. There are cities in Montana that, as of this morning, one city got 28 inches of snow, another one got somewhere in the 20s, others in the upper teens, and I believe the snow is still falling, with an additional 8 to 12 inches expected in some spots. The names of those cities you could look up. I had the names, but it's going to uh, create too much of a hefsick in this podcast. It's going to create an interruption here. So I'm just going to leave it at that. And we also, that low pressure system is producing other hazards as well. As I mentioned this morning, a severe weather outbreak is also on the side of that uh, system, on the southeast side as it usually is. Now, originally the Storm Prediction Center put Chicago in a marginally uh, uh, chance for severe weather, about a 10% chance. But that line moved further west. Now, here's what's happening over here because there was something that changed, a major variable that changed, which is very much Nogea, has tremendous uh, connection to the Chicago weather. And it's the exact opposite of what happened this past Sunday. And I want to explain that as well, because that requires an explanation. And I'll tell you why it requires an explanation in just a minute. The low pressure system earlier today, that storm system had a lot of forcing to it. And the storms were developing right along where the warm front and the cold front came together. And that also where there was a lot of forcing, a lot of energy in the upper atmosphere, producing thunderstorm development, lots of lightning reported in Missouri and in Iowa. The thunderstorm development continued moving east and northeast away from where the most intense forcing is, away from the intense low pressure system, and therefore the thunderstorms gradually reduced, gradually weakened, and they continue to weaken. And that's why, that's one reason why, as it reaches Chicago, we may not even have too much thunder, although there probably will be a little bit of thunder. The other thing is that 
it's going to be the system is moving much slower than originally thought. Both the warm front is moving slower and the cold front and the warm front, the warm air isn't going to get here until tonight. And then the cold front comes tonight. So the whole system is arriving in the middle of the night. The middle of the night is not an ideal time for thunderstorm development. Nonetheless, there could be thunderstorms in our area here in Illinois. And as you go further east, though, the chances for storms kind of decrease, except it's already moving so slow that part of it might not be hitting Indiana until tomorrow. So that has to be looked into because the areas which will be getting the system during the day, I would imagine there's a higher chance for thunderstorm development, perhaps even a strong storm out of this system. It certainly is a powerful low pressure system. When you go on to the back side of its associated cold front, there's very strong winds covering many, many states, which was mentioned, each state was mentioned this morning in the podcast that I did. It's on a, a different podcast as mentioned before. There is an area experiencing uh, possible hurricane force wind gusts and uh, the Oh, where is that? Okay, anyways, it was mentioned this morning. The uh, areas with high wind warnings, which really you could expect 40 to 60 mile per hour wind gusts, include all of South Dakota, all of Nebraska, all of Kansas, most of Oklahoma, except for the southeast quarter, and a large part of the Texas panhandle, all of New Mexico, and the south, everything except for the northeast third of Colorado and much of the western half of Wyoming, uh, almost all of Arizona except for the southwest area. Now, within that area, there's also a, a spot which will be getting between 60 to 80 mile per hour wind gusts just outside of Denver, but part of this also uh, is in southeast Wyoming, southwest Nebraska, extreme northeast and north central Colorado, including central Colorado and south central Colorado, and that it goes down into uh, New Mexico, just outside Albuquerque. There's a small area in Arizona that also hurricane force wind gusts, possibly even up to 80 miles per hour. Uh, the severe storms, again, are going to be, uh, have that line has been reduced to the west. And perhaps it's even over by now, perhaps. Probably Iowa has the best chance for that occurring, uh, probably eastern Iowa, and that probably was earlier today, but uh, that would need an update because the the pace of the storm system was slowing down earlier today. Now, here's something that would be useful to have an explanation for. There's a concept or a theory, whatever you want to call it, not a theory, but this is just a fact, that by each season, the computer models tend to be off by the same amount. So you'll have some winters where the computer models tend to always overestimate the snow. Other winters where they underestimate the snow. Sometimes you'll have a season where the computer models can uh, say that the storm uh, is arriving at this time, but it's, it arrives much quicker. So then the forecasters know for, uh, for the next few storms that that keeps happening, that's going to be the pattern for the rest of the season. For whatever the reason is, this particular season, the computer models are not handling it well, but they are consistent, so forecasts are made based around that. So on Sunday, we had clouds that were expected to maybe make it into the northwest part of the county warning area, but probably not even there. It ended up moving 
moving into the Chicago area. So the system went quicker than anticipated. And today it went slower than anticipated. So the question is, which one is it? For forecasters, what do they do in the future? So the thing is, there's a difference between the two systems. And that's important to point out. The system today, because of its intensity, those tend to move slower. It's the intensity. So this is, it's not necessarily a certain pattern that the computer models are picking up on or something like that. The system is a different type of a system and that could be why it is moving uh, slowly. So we spoke about um, some of the hazards. We spoke about the snowstorm, the severe weather and the high winds. One good thing that's happening is the drenching rain over drought areas like North Dakota and Minnesota. Some areas are getting an inch and a half of water equivalent or an inch and a half of water of rain in that area. We also had, by the way, thunder snow that occurred earlier today and yesterday. Uh, and that was quite, that's always a beautiful sight. To have thunder snow, that's always really nice. Uh, I think I just think it's beautiful. Uh, blizzard warnings were in effect for much of the area. Now let's go on and discuss something also very interesting that is going on. I find it interesting. Maybe uh, tomorrow I won't find it interesting. I don't know. Uh, but, but here's the thing. There's a tropical storm. It's going back and forth. Uh, Pamela, Pamela, it was a hurricane in the Pacific Ocean. It went over water temperatures, which were 85 to 87 degrees, and it went over uh, an area with little wind in the upper atmosphere. That means nothing would have prevented it from exploding, from becoming a very intense storm. Forecasters actually were forecasting it to become a high-end Category 2, almost a Category 3 hurricane. The only issue is there was no high-pressure system next to it, no ridge of high pressure in the upper atmosphere. And if there would have been a strong one, that would have intensified the exhaust fumes, so to speak, of the hurricane, and that would have allowed more evaporation, more warm, moist air to push into the system, and it would have intensified. Uh, it, that didn't happen. I believe the system was a tropical storm. It went to a hurricane and back to a tropical storm, I believe. But it made landfall in western Mexico as a, a hurricane, Category 1 hurricane, with 75-mile-per-hour sustained winds. Five to ten inches of rain is forecasted and is probably already happening in the western Mexico area. Some areas are, will be getting more than a foot of rain. The tropical storm quickly is dying down, but the rain, the hazard associated with the rain is not. Now, all of that rain and all of that moisture is going over mountain areas and stuff like that. And the tropical storm in general is going over that area. So that's part of the reason why it's weakening. However, despite going over mountains and everything like that, copious amounts of Pacific moisture is available like big time for Texas, and it's feeding in to this vigorous cold front associated with the deep low pressure in North Dakota. It's feeding into that, and therefore there's flash fl flood watches and flash flood watches in effect for Texas. Dallas is the bullseye. That city is at the bullseye of heavy rain, three to six inches of rain with higher amounts, possibly up to eight inches in some locations. The remnants of the tropical storm itself will be moving over San Antonio and Austin, Texas tonight into tomorrow. Now, why would Dallas get more rain than Austin and San Antonio if 
Dallas, the remnants are not moving exactly over Dallas. There could be a number of reasons for that. But one could be the way the, the part of the reason why there's such heavy precipitation is because of the way this Pacific moisture is interacting with the cold front. Another thing is that the heaviest precipitation doesn't necessarily occur right along where the exactly where the remnants happen. So, but the moisture is going to remain along that front and continue to produce heavy downpours, intensify the heavy downpours of it's going to be heavier than what would have been as it moves all the way to the East Coast. The vigor, most vigorous part of this cold front for most areas is the strong winds behind it, but also the hard freeze and warnings which are in effect in places, I believe Arizona is included, as temperatures plummet to 20 to 30 degrees below normal. Now, the most damaging part of this heavy rain is going to be in Texas, where they have cotton fields. There's still a growing season over there. This is the final crop, I believe, the cotton. And if there are really heavy rains, that could affect, that probably will damage, affect the cotton, the the cotton that's being grown. In Mexico, the storm came onto cornfields. So it may be affecting the corn crop over there. Of course, here in the Midwest, I think the corn crop is long gone uh, over here. For us, probably the most significant thing this uh, the air mass is going to have behind the front is that temperatures are going to be normal for the first time in a long time, probably since September, and overnight lows dropping not only under 60, even under 50 degrees, dew points also dropping down there. And in fact, areas west of the Fox River Valley might see lows in the mid to upper 30s for Saturday night. High temperatures around 60 degrees on Shabbos, so we're at normal, but then temperatures go right back above normal despite, no matter where the air is coming from, temperatures go back up into the mid-60s Sunday, low 70s Monday, probably perhaps even warmer Tuesday, mid-70s. We even have some cool fronts in the area, Sunday and Tuesday. But, uh, you know, sometimes the air, the temperatures behind the front sometimes are higher on the surface than they are ahead of the front. Some reasons could be because there's more sunshine or lower dew point air, so the sun is more efficient at heating things up. So abundant sunshine on Tuesday, that's going to be the day we're behind the front. Temperatures are going to be warmer Tuesday than Monday, but abundant sunshine on Monday too. Just there might be a little bit more sunshine on Tuesday. I think perhaps the dew points will also be a little bit lower. They're going to be low on Monday as well, though. There's no indicator that we're going to be having any gulf air as far as I know right now. The cold front on Tuesday has the best chance of bringing temperatures down for Wednesday. So, and there are places which are monitoring a possible storm system Tuesday night into Wednesday, but that's for areas further to our west. The, another low pressure system has come on shore and is has moved. It's in south. It was in southeast Washington this morning. That's responsible for bringing uh, rain down to the surface in the valleys and snow in the higher elevations. There's a low pressure system that's been out. That's been right off in North Carolina, the coast forever, just forever. It, I I don't know what it's doing there, but no one's talking about it because. At this point, all of its precipitation seems to be out at sea. I do not know why the system's not moving. I, I can't figure it out why the system's not moving. But the big story for the East Coast is an area of high pressure. It resembles a Bermuda high pressure 
it's a big time to me. Uh, it's just going to keep the area really warm. Temperatures are going to be moderately above normal for the East Coast. Temperatures in the 70s. But by Friday, not moderately above normal. 87 degrees for uh, Washington, D.C. on Friday. That would tie the record. Baltimore high, mid-80s, but the record's 89 degrees, so not quite there. Uh, but there are other places. I mean, Pittsburgh also records in the middle, middle or upper 80s, highs near 80. So it's not quite record warmth when you get up into the Pennsylvania area. But for Washington, D.C., and as you head further south, like North Carolina, we're going to see those upper 80s more common, and the record highs down there are also in the upper 80s, right on par with Baltimore's 89 degrees, despite the fact these places are further south. Today was forecast to be a really dry day for most of the East Coast. The exception is the southeast, probably in the Florida area, and upstate New York and northwest New England, and that precipitation goes on into Canada. Uh, but in general, the it's warm out on the East Coast. The jet stream has has uh, bulged upward right into Canada, and I think that would be a good reason why this storm system. It's almost a good reason for why this storm system is going like almost directly north. It's not really a good reason. It's almost it's really quite amazing that it's going directly north. What's causing it to go directly north? There has to be a blocking high. What? That's what I would think. But no one's describing this thing on the East Coast as a blocking high. A Bermuda high is the blocking high. That directs all of the hurricanes. So that's the feeling that I get. You know, some of the National Weather Service is down in the Carolinas. They're describing the high pressure as a strong ridge of high pressure. But in Baltimore, they say a weak area of high pressure is over the area. So, uh, But I think it is uh, going to get stronger, the High pressure influence for Baltimore will be getting stronger over the next couple of days before the Midwest cold front associated with this North Dakota thing. See, because the the, the North Dakota low pressure system is going north and barely northeast, the front is barely moving east. The storm system is moving north, but you know those cold fronts go like a thousand miles southeast of the low pressure system. That front is basically not just basically; it will be stationary over in Oklahoma, and that's, there's going to be training of rain, just rain over the same areas. And speaking of rain, the storm is, that front is going to become stationary just to the southeast of Chicago. There's not a lot of instability for uh, Friday or Friday night or Thursday night, but we will be getting a lot of precipitation, rainfall accumulations, a half an inch, an inch, maybe even an inch and a half. Uh, a widespread rain with very little thunder, if any. And that's going to be the same story when the system heads over to Baltimore and places on the East Coast. There's not expected to be a lot of instability in regards to that. Uh, we have to think about if we covered everything. I do want to point out one thing that a couple of days ago I mentioned on a podcast at the National Weather Service in Louisiana I thought this was amazing, but now I don't think it's – I thought this was amazing. It said after the front moves through, there still is a chance for thunderstorms in Louisiana because of Pacific moisture that will be headed into the area. Now, my, and my question was, what does that mean? What do you mean? You have the, the hot waters of the Gulf of Mexico right in front of your face. What do you need the Pacific moisture for? 
And today I have my answer. This is not just Pacific moisture. This is a, a hurricane. This is a this is huge stuff. Now, I don't know what the weather forecast currently is for Louisiana. Maybe the thing is going further to the north. Southeast Oklahoma certainly included in all of these floods. In fact, uh, one of the maps I saw shows this low pressure system. I thought it showed the thing remaining a tropical storm until it gets to south central Missouri, certainly as it goes through Texas. Either that or they mislabeled the map. Uh, it showed it turning into a regular low, regular low pressure system as it moves through Arkansas, for sure by south central Missouri. But that's the path that it's taking. And the low pressure system, you know, maybe that's the thing that's going to be here on Friday. Maybe that's what it is. It certainly appears to be that way. But the Baltimore, uh, no, the National Weather Service here said, as a low pressure system passes to our south, uh, so I have to look into that some more. And uh, the question is, did I almost cover everything? What do, what do we have to say? We talked about that storm system in North Dakota and the three hazards, I think it was, the wind, the snow, and the severe weather. We talked about the one benefit it's having, which is the beneficial rains for North Dakota and for the Canada, Manitoba area. We spoke about the uniqueness of the track of this low pressure system, how it's moving almost directly north. We spoke about this high pressure system that's kind of acting like a Bermuda high, bringing well above, moderately above normal temperatures, but Soon, it will be record warmth in many of the areas in the mid-Atlantic area and to the south. We spoke about this low-pressure system that's been stationary off the North Carolina coast, which makes no nafgamina. It's been making no difference for the U.S. weather, and therefore, that seems to be the reason why nobody's talking about it. And we spoke about this uh, hurricane tropical storm, Pamela, bringing uh, 5 to 10 inches of rain or over a foot for areas in Mexico. But rainfall accumulations, 3 to 6 inches for Dallas, 2 to 4 inches for San Antonio and Austin, 1 to 4 inches right outside of that, a large area getting 1 to 4 inches due to that. We spoke about the high winds mentioned even in Arizona. And this new low pressure system this morning was in the southeast part of Washington, bringing rain to the lower elevations and snow to the higher elevations. Not as significant of a system, uh, but I think it's actually that system. I, at one point, I thought it was that the, the cold front from that system, which was going to knock our temperatures at night into the 40s. And now I'm not sure which system is going to be doing it. Maybe just stick to that system. I believe it's that system that's going to push everything off. It's going to, because the thing, the front from the system moving north isn't really budging much. So what's going to get the stationary to move out east? It's when that system from the northwest, when that heads east, it's going to push everything out. That's uh, what I read from one of these forecast discussions. The one thing that we did not mention that... I just want to mention quickly is that for in the Pacific Ocean, Pamela storm number 16, it's exactly on, it's exactly on a par of where it should be. It's perfectly normal. The one thing that's not perfectly normal is that the um, ACE, which is the cyclonic energy, psych, um, the, what does the A stand for? I don't, but that's really the most accurate way to measure the energy that these hurricanes are produced. And when it comes to climate change, that's really what they work with. That's down 28%. So we have it. And then in the Atlantic Ocean, 
We've had a lot of named storms. The ACE is up 56%. And it's a normal thing for when one ocean, the, it's, the air tends to rise. So they experience more energy in the, from the tropics and the hurricanes. When that happens, the air tends to sink in the other ocean, in the Pacific Ocean. And this is one of the ways they make a long-term Hurricane forecast. This there's actual a, uh, there's a terminology. Uh, there's an actual term that's used to describe how in one ocean things rise, the other ocean things drop. It's in the rising air that the storms develop. I don't remember what the term is, but I you know when when you read stuff about climate, you really have to focus on the entire picture. And if you think about it, the energy is down. We're below normal because you have six percent. 56%. I have to think about it more. I have to think about it more. Uh, but in any case, um, it, it was Hurricane Sam and Larry in the Atlantic, even though they didn't really affect so many people, but they had a very long, they were out there for a long time. And that's what brought the energy, those energy measurements up by a lot, uh, even though Ida is the only real one that hit the United States, the only real strong one that hit the United States. I, uh, I'm sure there are things that have not been mentioned. I would love to have mentioned the specific cities that got hit with these 28 inches of snow and stuff like that. I, 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 I just have to click on some things on, on my phone and it's going to take a little while. Um, but they were all in Montana. They were all in Montana and everyone, um, thank you for listening and have a great night. I really hope you enjoyed.